and supporting them through change because change is hard. Mm. So change is hard. <laughs> change is hard. You are listening to Australia's podcast for accountants, Tax Talks, the podcast to run and grow your firm. Welcome to episode 245 of Text Talks. This is Heide Robson and thank you to Class for sponsoring this episode. In the last episode, we looked at the core of your app ecosystem. What app should you have right in the middle of everything in your accounting firm? And the answer might be or probably is practice protect and practice ignition. And then if you're on zero, zero XPM, zero text and zero work papers, and then a document management system, for example, FYI docs or suite files, if your email uses Microsoft Office. That is how Clarity Street would probably design your core if you're on zero and Microsoft Office. But what apps would you put around this core? Here are Amy Holdsworth and Ian Walker of Clarity Street with some answers. So there's Office 365, Google and Zoom. So basically what we're highlighting there is more, this is the options for communication with clients. It's essentially either Office 365 being emails plus the greater, broader Microsoft Office suite. So, you know, Word, Excel all of those applications. And then Google is your other option, which would be Gmail plus the Google suite of products. So docs, sheets, you get where I'm going with this. The only issue with having now with Google is that, you know, FYI docs and suite files don't, don't utilize Google. So if you are going to need a document management system, those two basically can't run with Google. Not yet anyway. What do they run with? Office 365. Yeah, so they both utilize either SharePoint or, you know, a OneDrive scenario, which are both Microsoft products. Next, you have Happy HR and HR Center. So that is basically for an accounting practice to manage their own staff. Yes. And something that unfortunately, whether it's an accounting firm or whether it's just small business in general, is so greatly overlooked. And the reason why we have it on our app stack is because it should not be. It's, you know, now more than ever with everything that's going on in the world as well, you know, having the correct human resources apps in, you know, set up for your business, it's such a, a, you need it. It's a required tool is why we have it on our app stack. It's overlooked too frequently. Managing the whole employment relationship, correct? Yes, 100%. That's exactly what they're there for, is ensuring that you are compliant in terms of, you know, employing another human being within your business. They probably allow you to then calculate how much you have to pay based on the contract, et cetera, and then the actual payment is then done through zero. Yeah, that high level, yes, that's essentially how it works. But it's also performance management as well. So think of, you know, tracking and measuring your team from a performance perspective, then add additional training that's where all of that information is actually housed within those applications then you have the receipt management apps so you have receipt bank and hubdoc which one do you prefer we remain agnostic Heidi that's right (laughs) I think the big advantage of hubdoc is of course that it comes free with two dollars per ledger or per per one it's not free, but yes, like a true free. accountant, Ian. I think it's completely no. free no. now. Uh, until being... COVID's over. Yes, at yeah, the moment. But the whole point, they're increasing, no, it's, they're increasing the price of your zero yes. subscription 
but including HubDoc in it. So interpretation of free. Really. Ah, yes. Okay. I'm with you. <laughs> but it basically means whether you use HubDoc or not, you still have to pay the increased price for right. zero. So that, of course, is a big tick for HubDoc, but Receipt Bank offers more functionality. Is that correct? Look, I think like a lot of the applications out there at the moment, Receipt Bank's been around for a lot longer than HubDoc. So in terms of its development and what the ability of the software is, it's I would suggest that it is more robust at the moment, I'm hoping that they keep it that way for, you know, for the benefit of the software. HubDoc obviously now does have the backing of Zero now that Zero owns it. So, you know, the development there will be interesting to see whether they do develop it. Having said that, in the past, Zero have also acquired a lot of applications and development ne- hasn't necessarily been done to the nth degree that we, that you know, that the industry thought that it would actually happen. I think if there's a question about which one do I choose for my client or which one should I choose, I think the question is, have you already been using Receipt Bank? Yes. Do you see the benefit to your clients? Yes. Are you happy to pay for it? Yes. Great. Stay with Receipt Bank. Has my client ever been exposed to anything, whether it's Receipt Bank or HubDoc? No. Okay, look, you know, they're pretty, like in terms of what their needs are, they don't really need much, but it would make my life easier as an accountant. Maybe if I get them to start using this, it would make, you know, gathering that data and, you know, doing the reconciliation process a lot easier. I don't have an affiliation with either of them, HubDoc's included. Let's chuck them onto HubDoc. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I think it's more about what you personally feel is a better option. And I think that's why if you look at the app stack in general, it's the same for most of the applications or for most of the functions within a business. We've provided options because they're not necessarily better or worse. They're different based on what your preferences are and how you like the, you know, the look and feel of a piece of software basically. You list Toa Global and I'm intrigued by it because Tour Global, of course, is not an app. It's just an offshoring provider. Yeah, so I'm surprised that you put it on there. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, that's completely fine. So we originally had the Cloud App Stack. That's what it was called. The Zero Cloud App Stack, essentially, right? And then we worked out that it's actually more than just an app stack. So it is actually, you know, it's an app stack and integrated solution. In order to actually get the most efficiencies out of, you know, servicing your client base, utilizing, you know, where relevant when necessary team expansion allows you to obviously process your clients work in a much more holistic you know in a much more efficient manner why we chose toa is for a number of reasons if nothing else i really like the ethical standpoint that they promote in terms of toa isn't just cheap labor to get your work done and processed quicker it's an expansion of your team they are part of your team your global presence so that you can actually process client work quicker if you wanted to more efficiently, but more so you've actually expanded your team. So it's no different to having an onshore, new onshore team employee. It's the exact same principle, except that they're offshore. And that's the reason why, you know, we've obviously included them here is because ultimately we're looking to provide a solution to the industry that is efficient for them so that they can efficiently get their work done. Just with, with TOA, I mean, if you think about what the situation we're in right now, we're all working from home remotely anyway. We're not all in an office. So we're, to, to go back to the point that Amy was making, TOA is just an expansion of your team. And it doesn't matter if they're, they're sitting over in the Philippines or, or wherever they might be, because they're still behind a screen, just like the rest of us now. You know, Australia's screaming out for qualified, decent qualified accountants trying to find them. And, you know, there is a shortage within the industry of good qualified accountants. So it makes sense that if you are struggling to find someone onshore, 
for example, that can fulfill the needs that you have as a business, maybe look to expanding your, your team to a global presence, basically. we come to SMSF software to class and Simplefund 360 and you still have the old logo of class there I, <laughs> I know we know it's only a couple of weeks but we'll update yeah. I'm intrigued by that you put those two softwares there because I have to say so far I haven't really found anybody who works specifically on the cloud integration of those two softwares I find the SMSF software is still quite at the side of the playground and nobody wants to play with them when it comes to cloud integration. Do you find that as well? It is, but that's also potentially because the actual, what a self-managed super fund is and what you need to do with it is also somewhat detached and removed from your general workflow and the the tax component. So what I mean by that, let me explain, sorry. Both Simple Fund and Class give you the ability to lodge the tax return directly within their software. Therefore, in a way, it's almost a standalone solution in its own right because it allows you to lodge directly with the tax department. So whether it doesn't need to integrate with other applications, I think is a better way of saying it. But it, wouldn't it be better to integrate it with Zero because then you, A, you have all lodgements together and B, you can use the e-signature feature of Zero, which neither class nor really SimpleFund offer. I mean, SimpleFund offers it in theory, but it's very clunky and not really user-friendly. So linking those two to Zero and then using the e-signature in Zero probably makes a lot of sense is that what you often recommend so i'll just take this one if that's okay in regards to linking it into zero i mean at the moment you can only send tax forms via adobe's signing so yes i, I realize that zero is releasing and it's in beta their their signatures and their little document portal but i've been waiting for that for at least four years so I guess I'm not holding my breath uh, for that. Where I'm going with that is Simple Fund doesn't just have, you know, they've got members minutes. Sorry, when I say Simple Fund, I mean Super Funds. You know, they've got members minutes. They've got other things that they need signed rather other than just a, a tax return. So integrating that into a holistic view, so into a document management system, let's say if that was using a DocuSign or an Adobe sign into the document management system, then you actually get the efficiencies because you would link through the document from Simple Fund or Class into your into let's say FYI docs, FYI docs to DocuSign, DocuSign out to the client, both tax return and financials and member minutes, everything signed where they need to be, automated back into against the client. So I guess that's the holistic view of it. Simple Fund, I know that BGL are working hard with getting integrations, so with, with suite files and, docu and, um, and FYI docs, so that that ability is there. ASIC, so CAS360 versus now Infinity. You probably use CAS360 more than now Infinity, am I right? I'll be honest with you, and I think this is a, the different, like from a... From a cloud integrator perspective, both corporate secretarial and superannuation are probably the two things that we, we touch the least. The reason why that is, is because those applications are somewhat standalone from the daily operational, like general compliance requirements of an accounting firm. What I mean by that is most accounting firms, if they're going to change or a piece of software, because like it's easy enough to do so, they would change, they have usually changed their corporate secretarial software and all their self-managed super fund software. So they've already kind of gone through that ch change. So that's where they 
kind of test the water, I guess, a little bit because it usually doesn't impact their entire client base. It usually only impacts a very small number of their clients, especially self-managed super funds. Therefore, they tend to test the water a little bit with both of these applications. So to answer your question, we aren't like, we're kind of neither here nor there about both of them, if that makes sense, as in like we don't have a preference of either. I would suggest that a lot more of our clients have, if they have been around for a lot longer, they're usually on the BGL side, exactly on the BGL side. Now Infinity, the flip side to that though, is that Now Infinity did a really good job when they first came out of pricing their service accordingly. So therefore, you know, they priced their service accordingly, got a lot of people in and they then fixed a lot of their backend issues. And, you know, the software platform versus CAS 360, in all honesty, is, is very comparable. So I think it's more about the user interface and, you know, what, what you prefer, basically. But I would say that the, the problem with the industry-wide is, is CAS 360, but there are quite a number of accounts that we come across that use now Infinity as well. What falls under other? So you have DocuSign, you have Futurely, you have something that I haven't actually heard of, Clarity. There's two there. There's one that's called Fathom and there's one that's called uh, Clarity HQ. There's also uh, Spotlight and then there's Futurely as well. Yes. So there's actually four there. Okay. There's a whole bunch of other ones we could put on there. <laughs> Most people have heard of Adobe Sign or DocuSign. If you just use Zero, then you don't need it because in Zero you already have e e-signatures. Um, Only for the tax returns though. Just want to point that out at the moment. <laughs> you can't do financial statements with an e-signature at the moment. Fair point. Phantom, Clarity, Spotlight and Futurely, they're all management reporting, correct? Yes, correct. Yeah. They are. Okay. And is management reporting a big part of your cloud integrations or is tends to be more on the side? I'm going to be perfectly blunt here and I'm going to say that unfortunately it's not. And the reason why, unfortunately, it's not is because the majority of the accountants that we actually come across, we are starting at the start of their process. Generally speaking, a lot of them, I would say that the majority of them, we're helping them transition to the cloud. So in terms of where, where they're at with an implementation, you have to phase the implementation for them. So you start with the basics and you start with the core products that you would implement first. That in itself is a massive change for a firm, generally speaking. Because it's not just implementing new software, it's implementing new processes and new procedures because you now have the opportunity to obviously implement new processes and procedures because you're changing the software that you're using. Not to mention, you can't square peg round hole it. You, you literally can't apply the same process and procedures that you've always done with brand new software. It's not going to work, basically. So what we see is we tend to do the discovery with the client first we make the recommendations, we do the implementation. The implementation is, you know, sort of a, a three to four month period in reality. The adoption period though, and actual bedding down of the new software into your processes, procedures and things like that, that's a good 12 month process in reality, if not possibly longer. Like you need a good tax season to go through and make sure that every client has been engaged correctly. And you've, you've gone through every process essentially with every new or every current client that you've actually engaged with. So once it, when it gets to the management reporting, that's kind of like the sugar on top. And whilst it's relevant for a handful of the accountant's clients, potentially when they've implemented new software, it's not necessarily the core focus because we're more concerned about them getting them the bulk of their, you know, their bread and butter work done, their compliance work done. So that 
once they've got all that underway and they've got a handle on the new software associated with getting their, you know, their core compliance work done for all their clients, that's when we can start going, all right, you've now got a bit more capacity. Actually, you've probably now got a hell of a lot more capacity. So you've got a choice to either acquire new clients and get more compliance work or do more value-added business advisory work for that client base, the current client base. Therefore, the next step is the management reporting tools. This is where the advisory piece comes in and this is where the Fathom Clarity Futurely Spotlight come in. The unfortunate matter is at the moment, there's a lot more accountants who require the core transition than there are for the bells and whistles at the other end, if you get where I'm going with this. Just coming back to the core, you have practice manager and zero tax, and then underneath you have Gradesoft. And I've heard of Gradesoft, and I think Gradesoft, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think Gradesoft is basically a practice manager that for larger practices that goes beyond zero practice manager, that is for large practices that are just too big for zero practice manager. Is that correct? Spot on. And multidisciplinary firms usually. So either mul multiple locations and or multi multidisciplinary firms where, you know, you've, you've got different arms of the business basically, but it's mainly for bigger firms. Yeah, that's what it's usually for. I mean, don't get me wrong, zero can be used, but there are limitations based on what the requirements are of larger, larger firms sometimes, hence why Greatsoft is the option there and the beauty of great soft is that it now does connect with zero tax which means that the practice management element is done in great soft but the tax component is directly linked to zero tax so you do the tax return through there hence why they made it onto the little platform because they connect with zero they have an open api they're also connecting with a whole bunch of the other applications yeah. that sit on this as well so you do quite a lot of work with Gradesoft? We want to be doing a hell of a lot more. <laughs> we want to be doing more. I, I be, you know, Heidi, the issue I think at the moment for the industry is larger firms take a lot longer to want to transition. It is a longer transition period for them because there's usually a hell of a lot more people that want to make a decision or that form part of the decision-making process. There's a lot more trialling, testing, those kind of elements. So it is more challenging for bigger firms to want to adopt and change because of that. Therefore, it does take longer. I think that's very true. And for example, when I go to conferences, I usually ask people what software they are on. It's usually accountants or tax agents from larger firms. They often say we are on APS. And then I ask, how long have you been on APS? And they never say, oh, we just transitioned to APS. They always say, oh, we've been on APS for a long time. I don't yeah. know when we started it. Yeah, it just takes a lot longer to transition. And I think also because, I mean, Greatsoft has actually been around for quite some time. Time. But from a cloud-based option, like from an option for a larger firm that is an APS firm wanting to transition, they've only really hit the Australian market in, you know, the last 12 months two, or so. Two years. Yeah, yeah, 12 months, two years. And they've only recently developed an integration with zero tax. Therefore, they are, you know, they are actually a really good player within this market. However, you've got, as you just mentioned, the likes of accounting firms that have been on APS for years and years and years. And there is something to be said for, if it ain't broke, don't fix it in their eyes to a certain degree. They have to think of it from a business perspective where they go, well, what is the actual overall upside and benefit to us? Are we still making money with what we've currently got? Yes. Do we need, like, is the impact and the change going to be beneficial to us? Well, that's a very big call basically at the moment. So I think... Give it another 12 months and I feel like Greatsoft is actually going to be flying and will really start taking over the APS market. 
It's just going to probably take a little bit more time. They're going to need a few more clients that are willing to be the early adopters, get some, you know, test cases through the door, get some clients that are actually loving it. And then you'll see, I feel like a big wave. And it's similar to Zero Practice Manager, you know, sort of 10, 10 or so years ago when they first came onto the scene, there are the early adopters. And then, you know, it took a little bit of while, took a while for people to actually go, you know, this is, this can actually be used. It's worth it. It's worth the change. And now, you know, it's one of the very big main players out there in terms of what practice management software is. So I think GreatSoft will definitely make a dent in the market. I think it's just going to take a little bit of time for them to really like get some speed and, you know, start implementing at full steam ahead. Do you think GreatSoft is only good for larger practices or do you think smaller practices could also use it because, for example, GreatSoft allows more integrations to create a tax return because, for example, in zero tax, I find there's still a lot that isn't really integrated when you go to non-deductible expenses or other things rather than being able to just pull a full account there, you have to manually enter the amounts. Does GreatSoft include more integration, more streamlined processes when it comes to the preparation of tax returns? So it does in regards to sort of the, their jobs or, or I forget what they call their jobs. It's not jobs. I think it's tasks. could be wrong. So it does offer a lot more flexibility and workflow internally. But if, if you want it to do something in tax, like the example you just gave, it's not going to do that because it actually utilizes Zero's API and Zero Tax. So I don't believe that there is anything different. Like it just opens up zero tax basically but from a workflow point of view and from a point of view of being able to manage teams and divisions then yes great soft is preferred and, and will be really really good at doing that if you're a sole practitioner i don't think you need that i think that you know if you use zero practice manager and, and some other applications you can actually manage your workflow quite nicely rather than having to be in an all-in-one big beast that with features that you probably would never use. I mean, the whole point of GreatSoft is that you can have a one-to-many accounting software relationship because you've got multidisciplinary, multiple entities, essentially, whereas Zero is a one-to-one relationship. So that, you know, if you're a smaller firm, it's kind of a, well, what's the point? If you've only got one billing entity, which is your own company anyway, why do you need to have a piece of software that can actually handle multiples? you don't have a multidisciplinary firm that's the other reason why what's the point basically can i ask you something about an app where i actually don't know what it is and that is somebody told me about their offshore provider in india and they said that when they prepare the tax returns it has an icon attached to each position on the tax return and then if you click on that icon it will list exactly all the amounts and invoices that went into it and it has all the invoices attached to it so you can immediately see for example let's say work-related expenses you can then just open it up and you can see all the items that went into it attached with receipts would you have any idea what app that might be because you can't do that in zero tax is there an app that allows you to do that not that i know of i know that zero tax were floating the idea a couple of years ago to be able to have files integrated into zero tax whereby you know it'd have the same sort of functionality as zero blue where you know you'll have a file and it'll be attached to a certain spot in the tax return for lack of a better example your your pay-to-go summaries that we don't have anymore but you know you would have that um, if you had multiple you could attach them in i'm not sure what that application is and whether it's customized or whether it is actually one that is, is available to the market so if you if you find out let me know yes i, I do 
go-kartless. You basically only need go-kartless if you don't have practice ignition, correct? Because if you have practice ignition, then you don't need go-kartless, correct? In theory, you are correct, yes. But it does sometimes form, I mean, it does have other... There are other examples where it can come in handy, not to mention it is actually really good sometimes to actually promote to your clients for them to use, which is the other reason why. So accountant might be on practice ignition, but of course the client <laughs> has no need for practice ignition. So they need something else and go cardless would be a good solution. Yeah, definitely. Change GPS. What does it actually do? I, you know, now I hear it whenever I listen to it from the trenches, of course, I hear it change GPS, <laughs> but I don't actually know what it does. Yeah. So do you, do you want to take Amy? No, you, you go for it. You go. At last count, it's nine business and time-saving applications. Mainly the one that I love of this is their tax plan gives, I think there's like 70 odd scenarios. Don't quote me on that, although this is now being quoted. Um, <laughs> it, it gives something like that so that you can take your clients on a journey for tax planning. I think on, on its own, it's like $300, but you could charge you know a couple of grand for it because of what it, the power of that application. And some of the other ones, you know, they've got one called Blueprint, which basically lit, um, you know looks kind of like our app stack here, but it's of the client entities, links in with XPM, um, so they've got that, they've got their custom, their, their templates for document management, I guess, for lack of a better word on this one, like a customized email templates and other documents that can help an accounting firm. Like if they're taking on app advisory and they want to do something in regards to zero, well, there's a whole bunch of documents in there that will help them to content. set up a, a yeah, content. That's it. Content. That's the word I was looking for. Do you use change GPS? We don't personally use it for our own business, mainly because of the way that we promote AppAdvisor, if that makes sense. And I'll be honest with you, it depends on how you're going to use AppAdvisory within your business and what you're actually going to promote to your clients in terms of AppAdvisory. So there's AppAdvisory where you can make suggestions or there's AppAdvisory where you can go to the next step, which is also implementation as well. We don't personally use it just because of the way that our business runs versus you know, what an accounting firm's business would, would use it for. But we it's do help good. clients to implement it within yes. their, their firms. So yeah. it makes sense. So that's yeah. how we yes. advise on that. Do you mm -hmm. integrate Zapius into an app stack at your clients? It's a last resort. It's for when there isn't a native integration between an application. So they may have an application, let's say it's Hub. HubSpot, right? They're actually using a CRM. So how or do we get chimp. or Mailchimp? How do we get uh, the information from our CR, our practice management system, or whatever, or our CRM, or whatever it is, and have that information flow through with the least amount of touch points? And that's where Zapier can come into it. We don't. We use it sparingly. The reason for that is what you've just said is that once you set it up, if there's no one else in that organization that understands how Zapier works and an API gets changed and an endpoint gets changed, all of a sudden that zap stops working and no one knows how to fix it. Um, so, And they may not even know that stopped. Mm. So all of a sudden, until they want to use that information, they're like, oh, why isn't it here? Well, it's because you were using Zapier to, to do that. So we, we promote with this app stack a native integration. So I'd say every single one of these applications has a native integration with the ones in the middle. So either Zero or Zero Practice Manager or GreatSoft. Okay, so when you design an app stack from scratch, you would, of course, never put a Zapier in there. But when you need to make a, 
a new abstract talk to what's already there, then you might have to use Zapier to create a plumbing that otherwise wouldn't be there and that you need. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Last three questions, knowledge, practice apps, and Slack. Yeah, I'll just start with Knowledge Shop. So Knowledge Shop is a good... Oh, yes, Knowledge Shop, account. of course. Yeah, yes, so at Tax is... Banter now. Yes. <laughs> well, Tax Banter got bought by Knowledge Shop, Hayes Knight, or yeah, whatever you want to call it. Tax Banter is Robin Jacobson. Yeah. I didn't realize that Tax Banter had bought Knowledge Shop. I didn't realize No, nah, the way that. around. Other way around. Oh, Knowledge Shop knowledge bought, shop bought tax, banter. tax Banter. Well, that's how I heard it. Now I'm quoted on saying that, but that's that's what I read. So Tax Banter is more your get your PD, here's what's happening in the industry, that sort of stuff. Whereas Knowledge Shop is more your templates. It's more asking questions about tax. So if you think about it, it was a logical acquisition by Knowledge Shop to get the information and the, the talent inside of Tax Banter to be able to then leverage that inside of what Knowledge Shop does. Yeah, so Ron Drost, that is an ATO document management, I guess, a document automation. So basically, it is designed to, look, he designed it with the idea that a client would use an app on their phone to be in touch with all their documents from the from the ATO and what it did is it would take a scrape of the data from, well not a scrape, but it downloads the data from the ATO client list, would then take the TFNs and match that up to your CRM, usually Zero Practice Manager or APS or whatever it might be. It would then generate the letter that for that. So if it's a pay-as-you-go installment notice, then it would generate the letter that goes with the pay-as-you-go installment notice and it would put that into the client's portal so that they've already got the correspondence. And this is all, all basically automatic. There is approvals in there, but um, yeah, it takes the touch out of, of, an, of admin. It takes the touch out of admin from a, a traditional process, which is letter arrives in the post it gets opened, it then gets approved by the accountant, a letter, a cover letter gets drafted and attached to it. And then you would either scan and email that, or you would then post it. Like that's kind of the traditional, very long winded approach. I practice apps is connected to the ATO. So it's a much more instantaneous process like that. I think that process is handled in about 15 minutes, well, not even it's a couple of minutes rather than, you know, a good couple of hours every day, which is a usual receptionist slash admin person's role within an accounting firm. So practice apps connects to the ATO, but it isn't an ATO app. It's yeah, so it doesn't, doesn't connect. Yeah, it doesn't connect directly, or not to my knowledge. Uh, you may have changed that, but it does um, have a little bit of an, a widget that downloads for you from your tax portal as a client, an accountant, and takes that information and puts it into its own app and does everything it needs to do. Good. So, for example, when you get the notice of assessment, rather than having to download it and writing an email and then attaching the downloaded notice of assessment yep. to the email, etc., you could streamline that in practice apps. Yeah. So the theory is that inside of Zero Tax, if you use let's use Zero as an example, you've okayed that that notice of assessment agrees. Then all of a sudden, that will shoot off to I Practice App. I Practice Apps knows that there's a workflow that that agreed, so it just sends it straight to the client with the automated template. So you haven't yes. had to do any of what you just said, yeah. And then the last in the list, finally Slack. <laughs> 
you want to take this one, Amy? It looks like a, an internal communication tool. So the other option through Office 365 or soon to be Microsoft 365 is Microsoft Teams. And it's a very similar feature to that. So if you think the old Microsoft MSN, like Messenger, tool that you used to have that you could instant message people, instant messenger. Slack is very similar to that, except you can set up different channels. You can have different conversations. It allows for quick communication. So in this current environment, it's obviously much easier to send a quick Slack message than it is to pick up the phone and dial someone. Sure, you can send an email, but likewise, responding to an email is sometimes more timely than shooting a quick message backwards and forth. Like a chat on Skype. Yeah, yeah, similar. Yeah, similar. It's just got a lot more bells and whistles to it in terms of it's a bit more feature rich. I would liken it to Microsoft Teams, basically. That's probably the comparison here. So Slack or Microsoft Teams, if you've got an Office 365 account, it's already included in your subscription. So there is a reasonable justification to probably not have to use use Slack. Mind you, though, Slack does have, it it creates a bit of office banter, team camaraderie, that kind of stuff as well. Just, you know, because it allows you to put little, you know, cute little gifts and things like that in terms of how you communicate. So it's a good team communication tool. So you give you a a good example of that, Heidi. I've got a firm on my Slack where they basically hadn't used it in a year. So they've just done a couple of messages, but in the last month, they are, because they're all working from home, there are messages left, right and centre. Hey, how are you going? How's this? How's that? You know, this is what's happening. And all of a sudden it's, it's bringing them all together in one place. Yeah, without flooding your inbox with consistent emails. So like if I was to walk in in the morning and, you know, tell everybody that I was here by sending sending an email to say good morning, if my team was 20 people thick, they'd probably, you know, set, I'd get another 20 emails back in my inbox to say good morning, Amy, good morning, Amy, good morning, Amy. Whereas on Slack, you can say morning all and then people kind of message in and it's not flooding your inbox basically and there's a bit of banter going back and forth. There was one app that you didn't actually mention before, Heidi, I just wanted to touch on it, was Zero Work Papers. We didn't actually cover that one. Very good point, actually. I'm glad you touched on that. Please, please go ahead. And this is probably your baby more than anything. Did you (laughs) want to talk about it? So zero work papers, basically their work papers and zero will will attest to this. Their actual work papers inside of it are probably not as robust as a work paper set that a traditional accounting firm already has in Excel or whenever they may have. But what it's really, really good at is the review process and tracking where the work is at for that financial statements and tax return. What I mean by that is it, it has the ability to sign off on both a manager level and a partner level. It has the ability to do queries outside out of zero work papers, keeping all your queries in in one spot. So I don't know, Heidi, if you've ever sent a, a query off to a client and basically, you know, that, that'll be 20 queries long and they'll only reply to two of them and then you've got to keep chasing the other 18 and you'll get that in dribs and drabs. Zero work papers allows you to have a little portal and they can actually reply back in that portal and you can see how many they've replied to. It also allows a consistent manner of work papers to be done. So it'll pull every general ledger line item from zero and automatically update between the zero ledger. Then if something goes out of balance, you're you're easily able to identify if if the work paper needs to be updated. Do you have a lot of clients using zero work papers? Because I know it's there. I've, I've never... I've never really used it. Do you find that I'm 
far behind everybody and everybody already got it? Or do you find I'm quite representative of that? A lot of people are not really sure what it is about. Uh, you're representative. So unfortunately, uh, it doesn't get the airtime that it deserves. And it got a pretty bad rap originally when it, when they didn't do some upgrades. And now they've done an upgrade, which allows you to web link, which means if you use a suite files or an FYI doc, so you can actually web link in that document into the work paper. And if let's say it's prepayments and you had to change one of those prepayments and you update it in your document management system, wherever you've got that web link, it actually, it's already the latest updated document. Whereas previously you would have to, and let's say it was a paper-based system. Previously, you would have to then go through all your work papers, rip out the prepayment, rip out all the, the other ones that are associated with it and put the new ones in. Whereas this has just got a hyperlink straight to the one you've just edited and you've only edited one document and it's the most up-to-date. I can imagine the big thing is not the actual integration because it's basically there already i can imagine the big thing is to explain to people like me what they actually can do with it and <laughs> to show to actually show it hands-on look you can do this and then you click this and then you you know really yes change management the and training yeah yeah that's mm -hmm. that's 100 so it's change management and training and showing them what they can do and what they used to do and how they translate that to what they do now and you actually find that what they used to do is is not dissimilar to what they're going to do inside of zero work papers you're still going to produce a work paper and you're going to store it somewhere it just happens to be inside of zero work papers against the general ledger line item so it's a little you know the, the theory is exactly the same it's just the practicalities and then showing them the bells and the whistles that actually streamline doing work papers. And I think that that plays to the whole entire app stack that we're looking at at the moment in, in reality is a lot of these pieces of software aren't difficult to implement, as in you don't need an IT degree to try and implement. You don't need to know coding or anything to set up the back end of a piece of software to make it work within your business. That isn't necessarily the challenging part. The reason why cloud integrators have come about is because A, they specialize in it. B, we're not accountants, whereas accountants are accountants. They're good at doing accounting work and therefore should spend their time servicing their client base doing the accounting work that they're getting paid to do. They're not getting paid to implement software and upgrade their software, like their systems and their processes and their procedures. They're getting paid from their clients to obviously do the work that they have the degrees in and they have the knowledge in. That's why cloud integrators have come about. The bigger kicker, though, is not so much the, the implementation of the software. It's exactly what Ian said. It's the change management. It's the training. It's understanding how operationally each piece of software needs to work and function and how when you use it in the correct way, the knock-on effect of how that will actually dictate what your processes and procedures are. And that's what we spend the greater part and the majority of our time on is that change management piece and helping our clients understand how they can work more efficiently and effectively by changing their processes, procedures, implementing this new software. And supporting them along the way. Yeah, definitely. And supporting them through change because change is hard. Mm. So Change is hard. <laughs> change is hard. So, you know, making sure that they're comfortable with the changes, but also when they're not comfortable, helping them understand why, you know, it's still going to be the best outcome for them and their clients and just and helping them to become comfortable with it so that they, you know, can roll it out basically. A lot of what we find is, um, you know, the accountants or the admin team members may be in their own little bubble and some of the applications and, and only affect them. And they're like, well, well, why would I do this this way? Well, actually, if you do that the way we're saying to do it, it's actually going to save an hour's time of this person in admin to, to be able to do this all by you just doing something for five minutes. 
Yeah. And it's about trying to get that holistic view into their mind and changing the way that they operate so that it's not just about them, it's about the whole team and the whole firm. It's a holistic overview of the approach that the business takes basically. And, yeah, as Ian said, but that's what we do is we spend time training the entire team so that they all understand the impact that each one of their positions and their roles and responsibilities in the business, how it all connects and how it impacts each other. Welcome back. You might remember Ian and Amy talking about an app that allows you to forward ATO notices onto your clients without having to download them and, and the whole fuss that basically allows you to forward them on just at the click of a button. I practice apps is connected to the ATO. So it's a much more instantaneous process like that. I think that process is handled in about 15 minutes, well, not even it's a couple of minutes rather than, you know, a good couple of hours every day, which is a usual receptionist slash admin person's role within an accounting firm. And Zero just made a first step towards this as well. Zero has what they call an outcome of assessment service now, OOA. So when the ATO issues a notice of assessment for an individual tax return, Zero picks it up, notifies you, and allows you to pass this notice on to your client by email at the click of a button. Not the actual notice of assessment, but Zero's OOA notice. At the moment, it only works for individual tax returns, but definitely a step in the right direction. In the next episode, episode 246, Amy and Ian will talk about the tours they do at accounting conferences. Well, they did in a previous life before lockdown. The question is, what do they do and show during those tours? Thank you for listening and thank you to Class for their support. Bye for now and see you in the next episode.